Welcome to Superman and Lois, the new adventures, the podcast all about the CW's Superman and Lois. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're back with, after a couple week break for the Olympics, I hope someone out there enjoyed the Winter Olympics, uh, but we're going to get into the freshest episode of Superman and Lois. First off, there's a little bit of news. The second annual Critics' Choice Super Awards nominations were announced. Whew, that is quite a title. Uh, there are some Superman and Lois connections here. The show is nominated for Best Superhero Series, and Tyler Hecklin has been nominated for Best Actor in a Superhero Series. So that is the case. Yeah, always cool to see recognition in these sorts of things. I, I don't think this is like an extremely prestigious um, event or award show, but it's still it's still pretty cool. And I mean, it's Critics' Choice. That's that's pretty cool. I, I will say Bitsy Tulloch, that's a bit of a snub. She is an amazing actor, so it would be cool to see her get nominated as well, but really cool for the, the show to get this recognition. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't like criticizing uh, award shows or anything like that, largely because I haven't seen anything else. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at Best Superhero Series here. I don't think I've seen any of these things uh, this past year. And yeah, I definitely haven't seen any of these this past year. Also, most of them don't sound like superhero series. How is how is a show about the devil a superhero series? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think they mean comic book, and they're just they're just using that for shorthand. But yeah, I am surprised. Uh, I kind of would have liked to see Bitsy get one a nomination as well. It looks like well, I don't know. I don't know many of these people, so uh, I know some of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a little surprised by that, but. Uh, cool to see the show get some recognition there. All right, well, let's get into Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, the synopsis. All right, this episode has Lana, Kyle, and Sarah uh, preparing for Sarah's quinceanera, but things don't end up going as smoothly as they had hoped. Clark finds himself struggling with feelings of guilt about what happened to John Irons and Lois, worries that she might have been wrong about Allie. Meanwhile, Jonathan learns that uh, Sam is planning to train Jordan. Lastly, Chrissy goes searching for the truth about Lois. This was directed by Diana Valentine. This is the first episode uh, of Superman and Lois she has directed. Also has experience on a lot of stuff. It looks like NCIS, Criminal Minds, those kinds of shows. Uh, written by Rena Mimoon, I believe is how you pronounce it. Actually, I don't believe that's how you pronounce it. But that's also her first episode. Previously, she's done lots of stuff. Dawson's Creek, Everwood, Mistresses, uh, some other stuff. Dawson's Creek and Everwood, those are connections to executive producer Greg Berlanti. And it was also written by Adam Mallinger, and this is his second episode. He did one in season one. So what did you what did you think of this one back from the break here? I thought this was a really strong uh, episode coming back from the break. Uh, lots of new information revealed that is moving the story in a pretty interesting way that I, I enjoy. I, I like what they're setting up. Um, I like how there were some pretty disparate elements in this that all kind of came back together towards the end. Um, they all played into each other, and then we all... We got some resolution. Um, I'm being super, super vague, but basically there's a lot of different storylines and they came together in a, a really good way towards the end of the episode. Yeah, I thought it was another solid episode as well. Um, second, everything you said there, it definitely did focus on the Cushing's quite a bit, which I don't mind from time to time. Uh, we can we can talk about maybe if they're doing that too much later on, but um, I enjoyed a lot of that aspect. It's one of the better episodes for the Cushing's, if we can still call them that. Um and the Superman stuff, it, it's still going slowly, but at least pushed forward a little bit in this episode. Um, and as you said, some things started to come together, but we're five episodes in. We still don't really know what's going on uh, with Superman and the lowest parts of the story, but there was at least a little bit of movement. Um, and we're getting 
some vague ideas about what's going on this season. So it's nice to finally have some some forward momentum on that. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the the scenes here. So this episode opens up with a flashback to Metropolis 1979. I I'll say I really love the the use of flashbacks throughout the series. Uh, they're always pretty stylized and they they use them to good effect. So uh, this one's really short and it's it's with Allie as a child. Um, and it's very intriguing. She's having a will read to her uh, because her father died. And it's explained to her that she won't get the inheritance unless she wears the pendant while keeps care of the pendant that killed her father. And it's the same pendant that we saw on the, the thing that looks like Superman. And the lawyer says, after she accepts his terms, uh, your father would be very proud. He was so close. Now it's up to you to finish his life's work. No idea what that means, but very intriguing. Uh, yeah, very, very vague and, and everything like that. It was kind of stylized, like you said, a very, the most intense hard candy drop that I can remember in a TV show. Um, so this is, yeah, whatever's going on with Allie. And when we learn more of that, it's, uh, it's something she's inherited. And I don't know if that's, do we know if that's the exact same pendant as the other Kal-El? Or is it just a similar, are there several of these? Or I, I don't know if we know that yet, or if that was clear. I didn't, I didn't notice. I, at this point, I, I don't think we know, but I, like going forward, I'm pretty sure the one that the one that the other the one that looks like the other Kal looks like maybe he took that from the alternate dimension wherever he's coming from, and it's the exact same like well maybe not exact same but it's the opposite of whatever one she has here, and I think those are the the only two that exist if I had to guess. Okay, that that makes sense. I'm, I we're probably meant to know that later, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we go back to present day after the flashback, and Allie is preparing to show everything to her. She's re- referring to Chrissy, who at the, the end of the last episode is going to, to go meet with Allie to, to learn the truth and the, the details that Lois withheld from her. Uh, and then we get to go to the Kent farm and Lois is second guessing herself. Uh, they're making muffins to, to take to John Henry uh, and Natalie because he's in, he's out of the ICU, but he, he still has a long time to recover and Natalie's going to be staying there. Uh, but, but like I said, Lois is second guessing herself and maybe there are shadow selves and all the things that Allie said, maybe there is some truth to it. Um, because she thinks that maybe that bizarre version of Clark is that came through is somehow related to Allie. Yeah. So this kind of picks up from last episode. We're sure, not really sure. It seems Lois wasn't as thorough as she was supposed to be or something uh, with her story. Yeah. That's the, that's the one maybe nitpick I'll have about this is that it does not really paint Lois in a good light. And especially like the thing that she is the absolute best at in the world is she is the world's best reporter and they are kind of chipping away with that with this storyline but that's it's not a huge deal but it is kind of a it's an annoyance to me yeah i'm i'm curious to reevaluate this whole arc or the whole show but the whole arc once we've seen know how where the story is going because i felt like last episode we were supposed to be mad at lois but i was not but this episode i kind of get it more I get, I kind of get more why we were supposed to be upset with her, but she wasn't thorough. But yeah, it doesn't make Lois look great, especially knowing she's, I mean, we've only seen her write. We've only get references really to two stories that she's written in this entire time. The show's been going on. One was rewritten by Talro. The other one is from years ago that she might not have done a good job on or might've left some out. And I, I don't know. I could, I can see from Lois's perspective, her thinking this stuff sounds insane and crazy. Um, and and there's definitely some truth to that, but um, she's probably seen some weird stuff considering she's married and lived. So I'm surprised that she didn't 
she if she just blew off whatever this story was instead of investigating it thoroughly more thoroughly yeah and it, i mean it is always difficult when your family's involved and it's someone as close as your sister and i'm sure that kind of muddies your judgment and uh makes you way less objective which I, they have they've touched on that and talked about um but it's it's also they say here i don't know if we knew this in the last episode or not but the kints are hosting sarah's quinceanera in their barn which is kind of cool to see that their two families coming together to to do that yeah, that's neat. I I did think. Um, is there still an alien spaceship? Oh, yeah, in the in the bottom of the barn. You might want to clear that out before inviting a bunch of guests over. Other than that, uh, I thought it was cool. It's nice how we'll get into that later. But it was nice how the barn looked and how that all came together. And I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, at the Cushing's house, they're practicing for their dance here, and Kyle are going to have a father daughter dance, and they're practicing for that. Um, but we see that Kyle misses a call from Tanya Martinez who is the bartender that we met uh, in the last episode, who seems Kyle has maybe had an affair with. Uh, and we also find out here that Sarah is changing her name back to Cortez. Her abuelito, her grandpa, changed it to Cushing to get a job when he came to Smallville. Um, and this is cool. They've they've talked about this in interviews um, that they want to they want to talk more about the Mexican heritage and make that a bigger part of the show. And so it's cool with little moments like this and just kind of bringing up things that really did happen in, in real life and bringing those moments into the show. So I, I like that touch. No, yeah, stepping back a little bit, I do like that this show can have an episode that focuses on a quinceanera and really gets into the the heritage of Kyle's family and, and where all that comes from. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a fun aspect of the show. Um, interesting that Sarah's changed, like, I guess she's formally changing her name to Cortez. And I, were we clear later if the whole Cushing's are now going to go by Cortez? It, they mentioned that later. Yeah. I I thought just Sarah was doing it, but yeah, it I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I know they bring it up later at the Quinceanera, and it sounded like they all were going to be right. um changing their name to Cortez. I don't I don't I don't know that that's clear, but hopefully we get clarification on that. Um if they do, I think that's cool. Yeah. And the, of course the thing is Kyle says if you still want to, alluding to the fact that he knows that this is going to is going to see the light of day his uh, affair. Yeah, it's almost like he knows something bad is going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we get to see Superman visit Tag in the hospital, and Superman wants to know about the, the pendant. Tag says he gave it to Lieutenant Anderson, but he seems like he kind of regrets doing that. Um, we don't get a whole lot with Tag, but he, he seems to be maybe he's doubting that relationship or he thinks differently about it than he did before. Um, but I think that's definitely going to lead into something further down the line where maybe Tag is going to team up with Superman. Maybe, yeah, betray Anderson and or something like that. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, I, I like the, in very limited screen time, I like what they've done with the tag Superman relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, the one thing we don't get to see John Henry, who is also in the same hospital, uh, him or Natalie, but, um, I, I think those actors are, they're coming down the episodes that they're going to be in. So I, I wonder how long he's going to be in recovery, AKA how long before we get to see them in an episode again. Yeah. They, they did make my friends reference to John Henry and Natalie and, catch us up so i thought that was fine um they're not gonna be in every episode i thought that was fine the way they handled that there's one situation like that later in the episode that i don't think they handled as well uh but i thought that was fine how they they passed that along i get it makes it doesn't make sense just to <laughs> to pay an, an entire episode to see someone in a hospital bed unless it's going to further the story somehow i suppose yeah uh and then we can kind of talk about all this at once but the training that jordan and jonathan do because jonathan ends up being included in that training because Sam tells him he wants uh, Jonathan to help establish a baseline, a.k.a. 
you're a normal unpowered kid. Let's see how much better your brother is than you. Um, yeah. So like you're useless. Let's see how right. cool this kid is. For like ten seconds, right at the not even ten seconds, two seconds, right at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. He's including Jonathan. Um, Jonathan never gets to be included on this stuff. He's never gone to the fortress. He doesn't get to meet the Kryptonian side of the family. All that stuff. So it's cool that he's included in this, and then immediately kind of gets undercut and uh, made even worse than maybe not including Jonathan. So it does does not end well. Um, so yeah, Jordan and Jonathan do a bunch of push-ups. Sam sends Jonathan away to get water instead of getting water. Well, he does get the water, but he also takes a puff off of his little inhaler uh, to get powers. Else. Right. Um, but he goes back to spar with, uh, he calls him Superboy, which I think they've, they've said a few times already, but it's cool to hear Superboy again. Um, but they fight, he gets in a few punches. He, he has super fast reaction times. Um, and then he, Jonathan actually knocks Jordan down and says, maybe you're training the wrong kid. Which was a little strange that Sam thought that was, didn't really think much about it or kind of questioned it at all. He just assumed that Jonathan really is that kind of strong. Or maybe he is just, he's doubting that Jordan has mastered his powers enough yet. Yeah, I think that part of it's tricky when they all fight and everything. I'm not sure, because it's so vague with the power levels, it's tough to know what's going on. Can Jonathan at normal kid strength punch Jordan and it hurt him? Uh, Can Jordan... If Jordan really wants to punch hard, what happens? I don't. I don't know. It's kind of vague with the the strength levels, and uh, introducing XK into that is kind of interesting as well because we don't know. It appears it gives him. I don't know if last episode they just showed us the vision powers, right? Or if he's getting different and he had other powers, or if he gets different powers each time he takes it, or maybe the more you take it, the more it adapts. So it's kind of vague. It's tough to know what exactly is happening in that fight scene between them without knowing more about that, but. I don't know. It's kind of nice to see the kids be immature little kids a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and, and have this little sibling rivalry because they were so, um, they had a good relationship in season one. And I, I think that will continue. And I hope that comes back. But it's also nice to see them weird and immature for a bit in that way. Um, but I kind of yeah. get where Jonathan is getting frustrated with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we've we talked so much about how supportive Jonathan is and like understanding of absolutely everything and always defending Jordan. And it's almost to the point of unbelievability because he is like just this perfect kid who always does, who is always there and never gets upset, even though he's being left out and stuff. So this is more of a believable track for it, even if he is making really bad decisions. It, it does make sense. Yeah, he ends up, he's been put in a bad position, John has. Yeah. But he also comes back and is kind of a jerk about that and maybe goes too far and calls out Jordan because it has been a lot about Jordan. A lot of the last season was about Jordan and, and how he's doing with everything. And not many people have checked in. Lois has a little bit with John, um, but they haven't as many. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how he, he tells Jordan that he makes everything about himself. And then the very next scene... Jordan and Sarah are having a conversation and Sarah's complaining about something and Jordan somehow turns it into himself. So right. I think there's a little bit truth to that. Um, and I don't know if that was done intentionally, but if not, it was, it was noticeable to me. Yeah. That's a good catch on your point on your part too, because I didn't notice that the, the first time watching this through. Um, but it, towards the end there, Jonathan uh, is talking to Jordan and Jordan asks him what's going on and he, he gets upset and he almost has heat vision and Jordan takes that to us assume that he's developing powers just like Jordan did and he, he wants to run off and tell their mom and dad but Jonathan asks him not to tell their parents yet and he says it just came in a couple days ago so this is there's no way this ends well um, right. especially now that Jordan knows so I I assume this is going to blow up in his face pretty soon 
Yeah, I don't think Jonathan has thought this out long term. If he had, he probably wouldn't be taking the drugs in the first place. Right. So um, now he's just trying to cover up for past mistakes. Yeah, I do wonder. I I wonder if he's going to let it go far enough and like actually tell his parents and pretend like his powers are coming in. And if Clark will be able to tell or maybe he'll have, you know, I'm assuming he would take him to his mom at the fortress and have him tested and find out that it's not actually his powers coming in. So, yeah, time will tell. Uh, one little other note about the <laughs> the Cushing family. Uh, their grandma comes over to take pictures, and Sophie, of course, is complaining about it and everything. And <laughs> Lana snaps at her and says, "Tonight you're a team player." So, just again, I think we need to like I don't know if we need to have a separate document just where we keep track of how terrible Sophie is, but she is she is the worst. How dare she right. not want to get a picture? No, I I, I no, I love this scene because it kind of showed. Like, she's a normal, how old is she? Eight, nine or something? Right. I don't know. She's like a normal eight, nine-year-old kid. Just because of that one line Lana said, how mean she is. This is the first real sign of her being meanness, not wanting to take a picture, which is a totally normal thing for right. her to want. I thought that was funny. Uh, but let's rewind back into the episode. Uh, we see Chrissy telling Lois off for only back information. She's at the Gazette. She's just stopping by to pick some stuff up, but she leaves her there alone in the office because she's going to go find out the truth by talking to Allie. Uh, and Lois, while she's there, is she's going through old footage that she has of Allie, and she sees Dr. Faulkner there in one of the meetings. Um, and at the same time, the bizarre version of Superman is following around Dr. Faulkner. So he, she is important in some way and connected to all of this. Uh, and then we see Superman go to the DOD and argues with Lieutenant Anderson, who seems very bedraggled. He's got like a five o'clock shadow and just looks super tired. Um, but he argues with Lieutenant Anderson about sending in his team. Uh, Lieutenant Anderson says it was fine until we find someone who looks like Superman. Superman wants the pendant. Lieutenant Anderson is basically hypothesizing that there's an energy field that appears whenever those two meet and maybe they're powering each other up. And that's the real reason that Superman wants the pendant. He just wants to get even more powerful. So he won't give it, give it over to him and he doesn't trust him again. I don't know. I don't know. Who, like I'm assuming when Sam retired, he got to maybe help pick his predecessor but this seems like a bad choice i don't know how this guy got this job but they should have picked somebody who has a better working relationship with superman well he he knew all about superman that's why he was picked remember right uh or he thought he did so um but i don't think anybody had his a relationship like sam so, that's true obviously and i don't think anybody else would have anything close to that so that's understandable uh and then awesomely clark uh, leaves the DOD and he shows up at the Smallville Gazette. Um, but unfortunately, has he been there before? I, I he's been there I, as Superman, right? I don't think as just Clark he's been there. That's that's what I was thinking. I but but uh, unfortunately, he's not there to, to help report or anything. He's just there to talk to Lois about what happened at the DOD. Um, but then I did I get one brief glimmer of hope because Lois has found the new information about Doctor Faulkner, so she's going to go to the mines to see to see her. Um, and I was like, yes, Clark is going to go with her. They're going to be reporters. He's going to help her out. But no, there's something much, much more important that he needs to do. He needs to go pick up the dry cleaning. Superman only has five <laughs> hours to get that dry cleaning. So that's yeah. understandable. I mean, I, I, this has probably this is a like... long line. He doesn't want to be rude. What is, I've... who does dry cleaning in Smallville? I don't know. Smallville's <laughs> got an inn. They've got a dry cleaner. It's much bigger than I thought. Right. And they should call it Bigville. But I... There is a big bill. I don't know if this is the writers like trying to troll us or it almost feels <laughs> like they're listening to us talk about how much we want to see him do some reporting with Lois. But I, I did. Th I thought it was a little strange that he could set off to pick up dry cleaning. Like you said, he could do it in a second. And 
it seems like a fairly dangerous situation for Lois to be going in to by herself, and we'll find out it is. Um, but that that's just kind of something that goes with the territory of this show. You need to have some sort of stakes and drama like that. Yeah. I, I get wanting to have the separate stories, but also they can they can be together sometimes, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think Clark and Lois make a pretty good team, so it, it wouldn't be too weird to see them work together. I don't, I don't know. We've never seen them. We don't know if they would. Maybe they'd be a terrible team. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but back to Chrissy, uh, she has met up with Allie, and she's interviewing her. Um, she has some really good tea. Um, but Allie explains that her family was chosen for the Ascension. We don't really get a whole lot more about that. Um, but turns out she drugged that tea that Chrissy was drinking, and Chrissy passes out. Yeah, yeah. The, I thought of a couple things here. One, Ted Lasso could never get drugged. Oh, good one. Because he wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't drink that dirty water. Uh, but yeah, this this reminds me of your thoughts on the last episode. Yeah, but she wanted to drown. Like, right. So obviously Allie is still doing horrible things, drugging someone. You know, if I kidnapped you and took you on a roller coaster ride against your will... I'd be like, yeah, but it's a fun roller coaster ride. Right. Yeah, but I, I still kidnapped you. So, like, Allie is obviously still in the wrong and probably has more nefarious things that we don't know about yet. But she's wrong in a lot of different ways. So she's still probably, she's got to be doing, I mean, that's obviously illegal. Lots of things she's doing. So, I don't know. Um, but it did make you think of that. How, yeah, but it's a really cool trip. So I can, I can drug you. Right. And Chrissy does, she comes to with the, the pendant on. So something about wearing the pendant is necessary to, to make this happen. And apparently she has ascended, according to Allie. And what that means is she recalls being in a strange, or she recalls being a strange, bizarro version of herself, is what she calls it, in a different world. Um, but in that world, Allie was everywhere. Um, and that's that's all we see of Chrissy with Allie. I think she just leaves after that, but we'll we'll talk more about that <laughs> later in the episode yeah yeah so weird mm -hmm. i think that's that, one way to uh to drug someone to, to get them to see your way i think that's a bold choice yeah is that the first time we've heard the word bizarro yeah they've said bizarre a couple yeah. times okay but yeah first bizarro um but while while she's there um lois has gone to the mines to to investigate uh because she found out about dr faulkner and she she gets to the office and that bizarre version of kal-el is there looking at a piece of paper um, it appears that he's killed Dr. Faulkner, um, which the reveal of that was much more graphic than I was expecting <laughs> yeah. for this TV show. And they lingered on it a couple different times, which, yeah. I mean, they I guess they did a good job with the special effects, but that's not normally the thing I uh, expect from a show like this. Yeah, this this villain should be called the, the overkill killer. Right. He basically, he didn't just snap her neck. It looked like it was about detached to have turned that far. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyways, so, so uh, yeah. But the, I guess that should probably confirm from, you know, that mysterious phone call was that episode two. Mm -hmm. um, mysterious phone call was presumably to Allie. Right. Not Anderson or, or anyone else. I hope you didn't like Dr. Faulkner because I think she's gone. Yeah. Well, I do. I wonder if, if he did kill her. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he did, but we didn't see it happen. And they're they're making you, making very, very strong gestures that he did which sometimes is meant to be a misdirection that maybe somebody else killed her but i i think he did i, th I think you're probably yeah. <laughs> we see we see the body i think the rule is if you don't see the body but we saw the body but i guess you could it couldn't have not been him maybe it was done there maybe ali was trying to cover her tracks or something i don't i don't know yeah. I, i'm not ready to give up uh my theory about lieutenant anderson being involved with her somehow not quite yet um but 
so yeah, he he's looking at the piece of paper that has a picture of Allie on it, and he just looks at Lois and flies away. He doesn't try to fight her or do anything to her. So she calls Superman, and they figure out that they need to go protect Allie. And so they they show up just in time to protect her because that bizarre version explodes into the room, but Superman uh, takes him away with her, him while he fights. Yeah, so they think maybe he has a Lois too. Yeah. We can see a, a bizarre Lois later this season. Uh, but we get to see them fight again. They This fight, I'll have to say, they seem on much more even footing with even Superman kind of having the, the edge in this one, which hasn't been the case in the past. Well, he did last time when he got mad. But So I don't know if, if something with Anderson where when he was talking about the pendant and it looked like they were powering up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually has something to do story-wise because the first fight, Superman couldn't even get a hand on him. The second fight was more evenly matched. This one, it looked like Superman had it easy. So I don't know if that's like a narrative thing or that's just how the fights have played out. And they both don't seem to be having the the headaches and visions and um, disabilitying, disabling um, headaches and everything that they have in the past. So they're, yeah, maybe they are powering each other up. Yeah. And it was cool to see the the opposite powers going against each other. Um, I've never really understood the, like when heat vision is touching each other or Harry Potter's wands, that kind of thing. I think it's just done for cool visual effect. Um, and it did look cool. So I, I don't know if it, that it makes sense, but I think it looks cool. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. Heat breath is always an interesting one because it, it's hard to do it without just looking like a dragon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I definitely think cold vision is the cooler. <laughs> oh, I thought that, I thought powers. that looked worse. It's really painful thinking of ice coming out of your eyes. I don't oh, know why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why fire coming out of my eyes has never bothered me, but, but the <laughs> freeze vision just seemed painful. Uh, we do get subtitles uh, this time when he's he's speaking backwards. He says, get out of my way. And he also says, now you die. So he is he seems to be having no issue with uh, taking out Kal-El. Yeah, he just seems to want to kill everyone now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but Superman's smart. He realizes you are the opposite of me. So he flies him to mine and starts punching him with fistfuls of XK, I think, um, and knocks him out. Yeah. Um, I guess XK doesn't impact superman at all from what we've seen so i guess he thinks like maybe this is his this is to the other kal-el what green kryptonite is to him i don't um i guess that makes sense um but and he also he looks back for just a second and sees the giant container that says property of dod i'm sure he'll probably talk to lieutenant anderson about that but i think there i don't know there's not much said about that um, but off screen he drops him off at the fortress and his says his mom is gonna see what he can she can do to to figure out who this person is. Yeah, I was hoping, skipping ahead a little bit, I was hoping he meant the his fortress and yeah. had brought his mom there, but apparently they don't want to do that, sadly. So yeah, looks like from now on when we say fortress, we mean desert fortress. Yeah. Um, but then we get to go to the Quinceanera, which is the, the rest of the episode, um, and some big things happen and go down. So Mayor Dean has showed up, which was kind of weird because Lana's like, well, I invited him just to be nice. I'm like, I, I don't think you need to be nice to him. I don't know how yeah. <laughs> how that works exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I will say um, I liked how they, they mentioned John and Natalie, John Henry and Natalie earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, Sarah mentioning she couldn't invite Candace. Yes. <laughs> because there's too many people. Meanwhile, Mayor Dean's here. And the the, the real extreme one was Chrissy showing right. up. Right. <laughs> Is she does she even know like what is she did, did she really care about sarah like has she ever met them or, i don't know i've ever shared a scene that they and she just maybe she shows barbecue? up she shows up late to eat the food is basically what happens yeah 
she might not have been invited. Maybe that's it. She just doesn't care. Yeah, I think Candace could have been had a sheer competition, or right? Had to help her dad cook some XK or something, uh, <laughs> instead of not being invited. But I, it, that didn't bother me that bad. Yeah, the the guest list for this party is just way out of whack. But yeah, it's not a big deal. Weird choices. And Natalie couldn't make it, so it should have had an extra spot. Right. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> at this party, you know, the boys are being mad at each other. That, like you alluded to earlier, Jonathan telling Jordan that he makes everything about him and Jordan and Sarah leaving the party and Jonathan or Jordan quickly turning that conversation <laughs> into something about him. Um, but she, she has really good advice about, you know, what she went through with her depression and maybe Jonathan's going through something similar and to, to not give up and to not let it go on for too long. You know, don't just let it fester and everything. So some pretty good yeah, I love, advice from a 15 I love that they <laughs> brought that back up. They haven't really addressed the mental health stuff in a long time. Uh, and it was a part of early season one and, of course, kind of maybe plays in uh, to what happens later, but I'm glad they brought that up and, and made time for that. I thought that was really good. Uh, but while Sarah and Jordan are outside, Kyle goes outside because the bartender, Tanya, has shown up at the party. Um, and she basically says, you know, like, I, I hope nobody's listening, but here, let me explain all the terrible <laughs> things you did. Um, <laughs> you were going to leave your wife for me and you cheated on her and all of this stuff. And I told my friend about you and she probably told Mayor Dean, but um, so yeah, she explains all this just so Sarah and Jordan can overhear it and now they know the truth. Yeah, uh, gets it all out there. I don't know how they didn't see them behind that truck, but I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah. So Kyle comes back in and sees Mayor Dean talking to Lana, obviously assumes the worst. Uh, and he tells Clark that he's made a huge mistake and his family is going to pay for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Kyle, <laughs> yeah, Kyle you seem to be an idiot yeah. sometimes. Uh, but times. turns out Mayor Dean hasn't told her yet, but he does very, um, I don't even know what the word you would use, but kind of slimily say, your family is full of surprises, isn't it? A little sleazeball. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Chrissy's at the party. We've, we've talked about that's kind of weird, but uh, it does give her a chance to talk to Lois about what has happened, which I I don't know what exactly happened after they rescued Ali, if they just left Chrissy there, if they didn't say anything, if they just went their own separate ways, but whatever, this is the time that they're going to get to to reconnect. Um, but she explains that she got drugs sent to the another world, saw another version of herself. But there, everyone is scared of Allie because she's dangerous. She's taken over at least that country, if not that whole planet. Um, and she says, Allie's dangerous. You were right. Um, you weren't wrong, Lois, and we need to do something. I don't know about you. I don't 100% trust Chrissy right now because she went behind Lois's back and was she had this crazy experience and it's obviously warped other people's minds so i'm i'm hoping she's not working for Allie and just kind of doing this to mm. to lead lois along i i want to believe that she actually does believe the things that she's saying but i'm holding off uh believing that for now that's a good point last episode chrissy seemed a little sleazy this one she seemed like she was going for the story and everything so right. yeah i'm not sure um that's a really good point because hmm, i don't know but if if Chrissy was on Allie's side, why would she say Allie was dangerous in this other world? The only Everyone thing I can think of is, is to try to convince Lois to believe her, bring her in, okay. lower her guard, and then obviously do something bad. You got to assume we're going to see that world at some point or, or yeah. get more explanation on that. Hopefully. And it <laughs> adds to, I don't, I don't know which different kind of version of parallel, alternate, different earth planet universe reality <laughs> we're up to now with these different 
CW shows, but uh, I'm I'm done trying to keep track of it. But yeah, maybe we'll see that other planet too. Yeah, they just throw away. Is it an alternate dimension, a parallel world, the pocket right. pocket timeline? <laughs> uh, what what is it? I don't know. We'll just throw out some words here, and it's not our world, but it's kind of like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Sarah and Kyle try to have their father daughter dance now that Sarah knows the truth, but she stops and tells Kyle that she overheard, and she runs away from the dance and the the party and. They all go outside and Sarah makes Kyle tell Lana, although he doesn't really tell her much. And Lana says, the girl from the bar, I believed you. So it, it seems like maybe Lana already had suspicions or they've she knew that something was up and now it's just confirming those. Yeah, it seems like Tanya maybe had come up in the past, but Kyle had tried to reassure Lana or something. Um, well, you know, if, if Lana can't see how awesome Kyle is, then she doesn't deserve him, right? Isn't that the advice she gave to Sarah? uh yeah about sarah and jordan <laughs> maybe slightly different circumstance oh yeah yep <laughs> uh i mean I, we're talking about 15 year old kids and a couple that's been married for however many years so <laughs> it is different um but it is weird that lana said that earlier in the season and mm-hmm. um no this was i thought this was some really good acting and a lot of really good stuff going on yeah emotionally it was painful um, oh yeah and it's painful to watch that uh with what sarah's going through with what lana's going through with how lana reacts um eric valdez did a great job as well uh, of of showing kyle's emotions and everything you know he was trying to be good lately um but obviously his dark past is is going to come up sooner or later and so um this was really intense uh, i thought and i thought it was some of the better just pure drama the show has done mm-hmm. yeah it, it says a lot about the show and the writers that I think they could probably, if they really had wanted to, just make like a drama story with no supernatural elements just about this family, and it would probably do pretty well. So it's pretty cool that that is part of the show that also um, features Superman and his family. That being said, I am enjoying it, and I like the story, and it's nice that the families are so close that there's a lot of overlap. I don't want them to go too far where it's focused on that family so much that it it harms telling the story that i'm more interested in uh with the kent family um i don't think they're going to do that and they've done a fantastic job of balancing it already so i'm i'm not super worried about it but it's just it is something that could happen uh yeah that brings up a lot of good points i have seen more complaints this year about the cushing lang cortez storyline and that is they've gotten they've gotten a lot of screen time and a lot of story time and so that is definitely a criticism i understand do you think they're focusing on it too much five episodes into season one maybe but the or season the, two the the way i would like i did think about that a little bit but the thing i think the thing that makes it better for me is because we're so early into the season you know that the last five episodes or so are going to be nothing but like fights and supernatural things and superman saving the day or at least i'm assuming that and so it's okay in these earlier episodes to get some of these smaller stories and stories that don't involve that um to have those and to show off that drama and and acting skills while you're just kind of setting up the bigger story the bigger supernatural comic book story that is going to come to a head later yeah yeah and i'm not sure how i feel about i do i do agree in general it's it's gotten a lot of screen time and um for a show about superman and lois it doesn't really have anything to do with them directly right um and so that is frustrating. I do like Lana and what they've done for the most part in the show um, with this storyline. So it is kind of like 
they're just making a, a good drama and then the Superman stuff kind of they fit it in where they can. So I I see that as a criticism. I think it was executed really well in this episode. I think this is maybe the most compelling stuff the Cushings have done. And it seems like a story that the show wants to tell, but it's not um, obviously not a type of story that we'd like to see with Clark and Lois, right? Oh, right. So, uh, so you can use the, the Cushings for that. So I agree uh, with, uh, with the criticisms that it's gotten five episodes in. It's got too much of an em- emphasis, but um, I will say it's also been pretty entertaining, especially lately. I think the, the last episode or two have been um, pretty good with yeah. it. So um, I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. That All that being said, I have no idea where they go from here. Like, I do not see things going well for Kyle. He's obviously struggled with, like, substance abuse in the past, and I can't imagine that this is going to push him into a positive um, frame of mind that will lead him to good choices. So I'm a little worried about what's going to happen. Yeah, and how that's going to impact the family. Sure. Yeah. Um, but back to Superman, he uh, he gets called back to the, the fortress because he's awake, and it's the uh, his mom explains that uh, he's your opposite in so many ways, but still you. So it is it is Kal-El, but from a different place and in has different uh, ways of doing things. But thankfully, he he's ma- she has made it. Sorry, did that clear it up? I, not really. Um, <laughs> that no, that cleared it up about as well right. as the show did. It's all kind of it's all kind of vague. Like, oh yeah, he's well, he's you, Kal-El, but right. also he's your opposite. Right. And there's more to this story, but we're not going to tell you this week. Right. <laughs> But uh, thankfully, the biggest improvement she's done is she's made it so they can understand each other. No more subtitles, no more backward speech. So now we can just hear them talk to each other. Um, and they talk to him and ask him why he's here, what's going on, you know, what's your deal, vibe check. Uh, he says that he's here to save his world and yours, um, which is interesting. Um, he tells him that there will soon be a war with Allie Alston and you need to kill her first or she will destroy everything you love and so again it's i don't know how much they're going to play into like the the moral choice of superman would never kill somebody but maybe you need to sometimes to do that um but it's it's interesting that he seems misunderstood although he has killed people maybe he is trying to do something good um but we we really don't know yet yeah it's all it's kind of they're obviously all of this dialogue here is probably really important and will make a lot more sense right in five episodes or 10 episodes right now it's just kind of like vague oh like your world is going to be destroyed yeah that, that happens all the time <laughs> how exactly yeah yeah more specifics there buddy right. um so i think i think we'll we'll get into that later now it's just kind of some vague threat your world's going to kill this lady with the glasses yeah and he he looks to be imprisoned in something i don't know if he'll escape or if they'll let him go We'll find out that more. I don't know if they'll involve Tal at all because he's a, another Kryptonian. Is there a is there a biz, bizarre version of Tal on that planet as well? I don't know. We'll maybe, find out. Maybe he's a nice guy. Yeah. Maybe he's just a nice uncle in that, in that <laughs> one. Yeah. But yeah, that's, but yeah. Uh, that's how the episode ends. Yeah. Any um. Yeah. So it seems like these the Ali and the other Cal El storylines are are coming together. Um. I do hope they. I hope this doesn't eliminate. I hope Lois still gets. A story on this because last year the the Morgan Edge Lois story kind of morphed into the Superman Tal story, right? And that kind of undercut Lois's story a little bit. I thought so. I think if we're including this, I hope it it leads to to Lois and Clark working together and not just um you know Lois does the legwork at the beginning and then Superman it becomes a Superman story at the end. Yeah, exactly. One of the the things I'm still really wanting to know is what's going on with tag which is interesting because he only had the one really short scene 
in this episode, but that was something that really stuck with me and I think is going to end up being a, a bigger part of the show going forward. Yeah, I think that will definitely uh, in some way. Yeah, I think so. I guess that's it for uh, for this episode. We'll be talking about next week's episode and some, some spoiler stuff down below. So if you don't want anything about future potential episodes, uh, now is the time to jump off. So um, Easter egg comic book stuff, not a ton in this one. Kitty mm-hmm. Faulkner, I, because she's a different character in the comics, I do wonder if she's coming back, but she seemed pretty dead, dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there's always, it's science fiction. Anything could happen. Uh, we're dealing with bizarro versions of stuff. So maybe she could come back in a different way. Uh, I did like the actress. She's not exactly like, um, she doesn't get a much of a Kitty Faulkner story from the comics. So I, I'm surprised they brought in that, that used that name for the character. If this is all we're going to get of her. Um, and we also got a bizarro, actual bizarro name drop, like you referenced. So is bizarro. I've, I've looked at the origin of that word before. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if it existed before the Superman character bizarro, uh, existed. But oh, oh yeah, it was just I, kind of casually name dropped by um Chrissy. Yeah, I've never thought about. That. I guess I always assumed it was original to the Superman comics. I don't know if that was a word that existed before or not. Um, well, yeah. So I wonder. There's the French bizarre or Italian bizarro. Uh, if you look at the here, I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, but yeah, like bizarro and brainiac. I don't know if those words were around before the Superman mm-hmm. characters were. Uh, so it's weird when you hear them name dropped in a world where. Superman's a real character, so I don't know if that means anything or, or what, or if we're going to start calling this guy Bizarro or what. I yeah, something tells me I doubt that they will refer to him as Bizarro very often, just because it is kind of a strange sounding word. It is a very comic booky sounding word, and they this is a very grounded show. So at least his mom is just going to call him Kal El, which is confusing because both of their names are Kal El. So maybe <laughs> yeah. I don't know how would you say that backwards like lalac but that's not yep. good either i don't know they'll figure something out yeah we'll see uh promo for next episode tried and true what'd you think of that superman still trying to convince lieutenant anderson i think that's a fool's errand um the text on the screen says things are getting bizarro so again another bizarre reference so maybe they're just gonna use it over and over again without actually calling the character that just so you know that's yeah. who it is yeah that's possible looks like we have some shirtless teeth brushing tyler hecklin uh <laughs> And yeah, it doesn't, doesn't give us a ton about what's going on, what else is going on in the episode. But yeah, so, like, cool to, to convince Anderson, like you said. Cool to be back into to episodes of this show. It was it was a very short break, but I it seemed longer. I, I'm glad to be back <laughs> into it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.